You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there. Welcome to episode 35 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmeyer here uh, with John Wayne McMahon. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? I am great. It's actually almost evening. Yeah, I'm not, it's I'm dark not looking outside. at something. It's very dark outside. I was like, what are you looking at? No, I'm not. I'm just staring blindly okay. thinking of what I'm going to say yeah. next, yeah. which I still have not come up with. Yeah. Um, we are starting a new sermon series. We have started it this week. Right. Uh, I, questions from God. Is that a fair yeah. kind of name for it? Mm-hmm. How long is this last? Questions like, I'd like to ask I'd God. I'd like to ask God. Yeah. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't have any right now, but um, we're going to kind you of... You don't have any the, questions you'd like to ask God? I have one that was handed to me oh, yeah. by a listener. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to pass it off as mine a little bit later. Okay. But um, tell, tell me just a little bit of about y'all's thought process in creating this series before we get started. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll let you peer a little bit behind the scenes and know that when, when pastoral leadership is planning sermon series, we, uh, obviously are doing that with prayer and, and working together and trying to ask questions about where's our community and what's, what's the right thing for, for our group. But in particular, coming off Christmas season, we like to um, do a sermon series that um, rather than just being just drilled down into insider kind of Christian message mm-hmm. to now look at maybe what's some questions that the, the greater uh, culture might be asking of Christianity. And so, um, so a lot of times we'll talk about some of those big things. Uh, like a couple of years ago when I first got here, we did The Work of Christmas Begins, and it was okay, Christmas happened, so now what? Jesus yeah. came, so what does it mean for Christianity? Well, that that can apply to like even those that are just kind of loosely tied to church and are wondering why Christianity is important, mm-hmm. why faith is important. So we try to try to like um, zoom out yeah, okay. and, and ask some big questions. So that led to this questions thing because yeah. everybody has questions they like to ask God and thought it'd be a cool opportunity to give our congregation – uh, the chance to maybe voice some of those questions. So we had a lot of questions submitted, and we took some of those and kind of broke them up into categories mm-hmm. and laid out some different weeks. And really, you can group most of the questions that we got in into these primary categories that we're going to cover each week. And so that's really neat. So not yeah. not only it's not just some arbitrary uh, topic that the preachers came up with. It's actually something that our mm-hmm. congregation or our, our visitors or whoever asked these questions of us. And yeah, so, that's cool. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, you know, during Christmas, you, that's when you get a lot of visitors. Yeah. Maybe they're uh, from out of town or mm-hmm. they're just infrequent members or whatever. And this is a, ge- a good way if, you know, some of those visitors turn into repeat visitors. Right. That they can kind of address some of these questions that maybe they've had. Yeah. And they don't have an outlet to yeah, to well, let, let's let's just be completely blunt. For those that are visiting and with us during Christmas or during Advent, um, we believe that that Christ is a part of our community and that that is a great answer for the longing of anyone's heart. Mm-hmm. And so we want to put something out there that may be um, appeasing for you that you would find interesting, so that you might come back and and yeah. be with us and and here in the community. And so. Some might say that's manipulative. I wouldn't. I would say that we're just trying to be smart about um, maybe putting something up there that you've been wondering for a long time, and maybe you'll come back and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So this past week, we looked at this specific question, do all roads lead to heaven? Basically, um, there's multiple religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Christianity the right one? Like, So this is a huge question um, that can also be asked in another way. Is Jesus the only way? Right. Um, uh, because there's a there's a lot that you can break apart in this question. First of all, do all roads lead to heaven? Well, 
what's heaven to you and you know what do you understand as roads are you talking about do all religions lead to the same heaven mm-hmm. and things like that some religions don't really believe in a, a heaven the way that the christian christians understand heaven and so there's a lot of questions we'd have to ask from there we don't have time to drill too too deep into that yeah um but anyways the other thing i want to say is we jump into this and and because i i think i'm aware that um from the Christian asking this question, there's probably a sympathy for those that uh, I have a good friend who is in another religion mm-hmm. and they're good people and like, what does this mean for them? Yeah. And those kind of questions, which we'll talk about later. But for the outside world, uh, at the looking at the Christian church, and and unfortunately, the Christians get to get to receive this question more than anyone else, yeah. even like. Uh, at least in the West, anyone like uh, the Buddhists or the Muslims who believe in some kind of heaven or final salvific kind of uh, state of being or mm-hmm. whatever, um, they don't typically get attacked as much as I feel, my opinion, that the Christians do as being exclusive of their message that yeah. um, it is only by Jesus that, that you have salvation. Like trying to trip somebody up and say, yeah. hey, you know, well, you guys are so self-righteous that, you yeah. know, why, how come this? And yeah. I explain that away. So, yeah. And anytime someone has, uh, someone holds to a truth, um, and I believe that any truth, if it's truth, is exclusive. Mm-hmm. Because if it is true, then what is outside of that truth is, is going to feel a weight of judgment because they feel like their opinion or their stance is outside of what I'm saying to be true. Mm-hmm. So exclusivity is going to come with truth and that's going to hurt feelings and things. That's just natural. It's going yeah. to happen. But um, one of the things that I want to address about the way the world kind of asks this question of the Christian church is that there's this idea that um, that Christian or the Christian belief is is kind of arrogant in saying that they know the truth. And that we're saying that our truth is right and yours isn't. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of get attacked by that. And there's a there's an illustration that probably many pastors have either used or heard before. And maybe some of our listeners have heard before. But there's this illustration of, of three blind men that, that kind of run into an elephant. Have you ever heard this story? Is this ringing any bells? Vaguely, yeah. yeah. So three blind men run run into this elephant. And, and I guess if they're blind, they literally run into the elephant. Yeah, right? Exactly. So um, they come up to this elephant. One blind man... Um, has his hands on the trunk and he's feeling the trunk and he goes, okay, well, an elephant is this long kind of flexible uh, uh, being, right? Like it's long and flexible and really tall. And another, the other blind man says, no, no, no. He's got his hands on, on one of the legs and he says, no, this is like a tree trunk. This is huge and very sturdy and not flexible. And then another blind man, I guess he's really tall, has his hands up on the side of the elephant, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, no, 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 he's massive and he's flat. And so um, the illustration, the point of the illustration is that all of them have some truth to them, but all of them are incorrect, yeah. right, it's at okay. the same time. So there's some truth to them, um, and those truths kind of add up to the actual truth, um, but they're also in their own a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. And so that illustration has been... Uh, commonly and historically tossed around to say all of these religions have a little bit of the truth in them and that um, it's not fair for one of the blind men to tell the other blind men that they're not right. Yeah. The problem with this, and Leslie Newbigin, who is a uh, missiologist and a missionary to India for a long time, he had been asked this, this illustration all the time, and what he came to realize is that there's a certain arrogance to this, um, to this approach for the person that's going to use this illustration. The arrogance is that the person who says no one can have all the truth, or, or let me say it this way, 
the person who says that not all of them know what the elephant is, mm-hmm. that person is saying, I know what the elephant is. Right, right. Right. And so there's there there's the veil of humility, but really it's an arrogance in saying, No, all of you are wrong and here's the right way mm-hmm. that all of the ways are kind of right. And so there's really no way of landing on this. There's a subjective kind of understanding, and it's really not fair for the Christians to be kind of cornered in saying, there's no way that you can have this truth. And from the person who says that, you're already holding to a truth that's exclusive because yeah. you're saying you can't have the truth. <laughs> Everyone has to have some truth. Right. Does, that, does that make sense? No, it does. I mean, it's it just shows also that it's such a sticky topic. And, you know, nailing down the truth, finger quotes, is it's like slippery you know it's trying to catch a fish with your bare hands you yeah. know it's just it's hard to do you know yeah and so so what we could do in this conversation and we won't because i just don't have the time nor do i think i have the expertise is to try and nail down into all of the world religions first of all we'd be here a long time but even the primarily <laughs> ones that you don't only think of yeah judaism hinduism islam buddha buddhism like if we if we tried to look at all these we could discuss some of the um, similarities that Christianity shares with those, and mm-hmm. some some where they part, and where there's uniqueness, and and even, excuse me, even where the Christian would look at one of these other religions and say that's just not coherent or it, yeah. it doesn't doesn't really add up. Um, I don't think that that is the best use of our time, but you could do that, and that would take, and I would encourage folks to to, to study that if that interests you, because there's probably tons of podcasts that already are dedicated to that, yeah, you know, on a weekly yeah. basis, you know. So yeah. yeah, we we can't we can't get too deep. Here. Absolutely, but what I do want to say first and foremost for the the listener this week that might be wondering this question, what we have to do is we have to focus on the beliefs of Christianity, the uniqueness of Christianity, and particularly Jesus Christ and what he makes claims to be. Because Jesus does not give us room as a Christian to say some of these other areas could also be a road that leads in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like there's just there's just no way. Like Jesus, um, Jesus is either a, a a madman, right, or he's lying to us, mm-hmm. or he's making these claims that no, he is God and he's from God and he was there at the beginning of creation and he's entered into our story and he's come to. Uh, lay his self his life down for for the sins of the world and all of these things these claims are so big that we have to focus on some of those things so let me just let me just work through a few scriptures here that cool. that would narrow this down to the exclusivity of the truth that we find in Jesus Christ one is John 14:6 he says i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father no one mm-hmm. if you look at the original greek i mean there's no wiggle room there he <laughs> says i i am the way the truth there are articles there in the greek and no one comes to the father comes to god except through me the son jesus christ and so that's pretty exclusive. There's yeah. no wiggle room there. Acts chapter four verse twelve. There's there is salvation in no one else, uh, referring to Jesus. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must must be and can be saved. From Acts chapter four. There's no wiggle room there. Yeah, that's no, very definitive. Sure. <laughs> John chapter ten verse nine. Jesus says again, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture and find living there. And John three chapter uh, John John chapter three verse eighteen. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but but saved. And so, um, and that's following right after John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. That that whole. An understanding for those of you background in church we know that that text that for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that this is the salvation movement of god entering into the story and coming to be with us and being among us so 
that would be the first place I would start for someone that is yeah. maybe on the fence, like, okay, but I, you know, Muslim, there's been a history, a long history of, of Muslims that um, are very passionate about their faith mm-hmm. and very smart and intelligent and have even heard some of what we have to say about Jesus, believe some of what we mm-hmm. have to say about Jesus. Um, but they actually don't believe that Jesus died on a cross. They believe he was a prophet. So, so why are they wrong and why are we right? And I just, first, I, I would point you towards the scripture to what we have mm-hmm. for the Christian or for those that, um, if you're going to weigh what the, what for, I'm just using an example of the Muslim, if you're going to weigh what the Muslim has to say about the Quran and, and what they believe, then why not weigh seriously what the Christian understanding of Jesus is mm-hmm. and, and try to uh, go on a journey of, of, of weighing the authority and the accuracy of what we believe to be true. And I think that you'll find a, a reasonable, uh, something coherent, an argument there behind Jesus Christ. And, and I think that that's important for us. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple, couple things I want to point you towards. One, uh, one of the ways in which we can at least, uh, Ravi Zacharias is an apologetic, one of the best apologetics of our time. Apologetic is someone who um, can argue the truths of the faith, mm-hmm. uh, particularly versus other world religions, and defend Christianity in such a way. Um, I don't consider myself as an apologetic one that is able to, to use rhetoric and, and be able to defend in, in the way that some of these experts can. I can to a certain level. Do, do, um, does the term apologetic have a, a negative connotation amongst some people who think maybe it's making excuses for? Or, or how does how does or because I've heard it yeah thrown back at me before. Well, that's an apologetic way, and you're just making excuses. I mean, well, well I think that, what I, meant, I think there's a digression of the of the language, okay. of the understanding of, of what it means. I think in the best sense, an apologetic is someone who is a, and I wouldn't even talk in a derogatory term to mm-hmm. a non Christian apologetic. I think apologetic is simply someone who can engage in scriptures and defend their faith and okay. things like that. And so. Ravi Zacharias is someone who um, knows uh, world religions well. I would refer to him. He he's a um, just a incredible speaker and very knowledgeable, and has traveled the world and met with um, world religion leaders mm-hmm. all over the place. But anyways, he he would he. I think this is an accurate kind of thing that he lays out for kind of leveling or judging the world religions. And one thing that you would ask, and I'm going to focus on Christianity. You want to ask these four questions of a religion of a faith. A foundation or a worldview mm-hmm. such as Christianity. These four questions would be kind of what is the origin, what is the meaning, what is the morality, and what is the destiny. So where does this come from? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean? What does this faith understanding this worldview mean? What is the morality of it? How should I live in reaction to what what this is? And what's the salvation, heaven, destiny? What's the end game yeah. uh, that's going on? And what he's going to say is when you ask these questions, you're going to check them by these three things. One is logical consistency. The second one is empirical uh, adequacy. And the third one is experiential re- relevance. So let me break these down for a second. One, logical consistency. When we look at the Christian faith, is there logical consistency? Does does God's holy word, um, is it consistent and are we able to reason through what's going on? I'm not saying that it's not paradoxical to yeah. try or crazy or mind-boggling to say that God would enter in as a baby into 
a virgin womb and all of that. I'm not saying that that's not crazy, but Mm -hmm. I just want you to track with the whole narrative of God's redemptive story of entering in as Jesus Christ to save the world and how that all plays out. And is that, does that all fit together? Is it consistent? If it's not consistent in a logical way, then we have problems and errors. And I would argue that there are religious texts from other religions that I don't want to get in a big debate, Mm -hmm. but they don't have that logical consistency where we lift up one worldview in this area. This is how we should live or act Mm -hmm. in this situation, but at the same time, we're doing something else. Um, And so the second one is empirical uh, adequacy. Can Is there empirical evidence of what we claim to be true in Jesus Christ? Um, What's interesting, I mentioned earlier that the Muslim faith uh, is is a religion that that would say that Jesus doesn't die on the cross. But what's crazy is that um, non-Christian believers, Roman historical writing, um, Jewish understandings, Mm -hmm. um, all of these testimonies that are even non-Christian would say that Jesus was a real man that lived and died on a cross, that he was killed. And so like there is there is empirical evidence that this took place. Then you go to the resurrection. Well, that one's a little bit harder, mm-hmm. but there is enough empirical evidence when we look at the text like 1 Corinthians where Paul is talking about all the hundreds of people that witnessed a resurrected Jesus that saw him and he says they're still living so that when in reading 1 Corinthians, which is written very close to when Jesus um, had had been resurrected and, and left and ascended, um, written really close to that, he says you can go and find these people and talk to them. Well, um, there's empirical evidence there because there are um, eyewitness accounts that we really can't debunk. You yeah. might say, well, they all hallucinated. Mm-hmm. Well, hundreds of people hundreds had of, an hallucination. Yeah, we're not talking about like these two guys that just live right down the corner. And even <laughs> non-Christian believers would say that that's not a good argument yeah, to debunk okay, that. Cool. So there's empirical evidence mm-hmm. to try and point to that. And we can go on and on about all of this stuff there. but And then the third thing is their experiential relevance. And I know that um, I'll just talk for my own self in my in my story of faith, there, this is experientially relevant that I know to to understand that God's a Holy Spirit moving in my life made me aware of the brokenness that is in me. There was a time in my life where I realized I was created for more, that I mm-hmm. had more potential, um, that I was made for something else, and that in knowing and understanding and giving my life to Jesus, that my eyes were open to that potential. And since that moment, God has been transforming me into a person that is almost unrecognizable to who I was before. And that lines up with the logical consistency, the empirical uh, uh, adequacy. It all lines up in in that um, as well. And so Ravi Zacharias would say, lift this up compared to some of these other religions, and you're going to, he would say, see some real disparities in some of the others. I think it's really hard for some, or it should be really hard for somebody to hear something like your story yeah. or any other per- person's story of faith and try and pick it apart and tear it down and say that that's a bad thing or something good didn't come out of it when clearly it did. Yeah. And, and I think that's just, uh, you know, that's that's just something that, that it's so real that, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that speaks to something. And don't, you know, you can't, like you said, it's not empirical. You can't prove that X, can, you know, connects the dots to this, but yeah. There's time and time and time you hear story like this. Yeah, and experience can't rule the day, but right. it ties into the other things, yeah, right? right? Like, because I'm not, I'm not throwing out um, rationalizing. I'm not throwing out um, intelligent understanding of what's going on. I'm not even throwing out empirical evidence. I'm not throwing out all those stuff because mm-hmm. experience cannot rule the day first and foremost. Mm-hmm. 
But experience is something that we believe is that testifies and affirms what we know to be true that has been revealed by God in Jesus Christ by the Holy Word. Does that like make sense? It. Yeah, good stuff. The last thing I want to say before uh, I'll see if you have any questions yeah, or anything question. yep. um, is that uh, for the Christian, I think that we it is important for us to look at the uniqueness of the good news of Jesus Christ, the uniqueness of the gospel, the New Testament that we, we know to be true. Um, first, like if you were to look at Christianity versus other religions, there is no other religion that would say that God has entered into the story like this, mm-hmm. that has come in flesh. John chapter 1, that the Word was with God, the Word was God. He who was from the very beginning, who was a part of all creation and in all creation, has now entered into the story and has put flesh on and has walked among us. And so there is no other religious claim of God actually coming for His beloved, coming for the ones that He deems to save and wants to bring back into the fold. Mm -hmm. And so that is rich and so important. And the second thing that I think is unique there's a lot of unique things that we could point out but the second one that is really important for me is salvation by faith and faith alone not salvation by works and so you look at some of these other religions and actually most of them it's all about the personal action of the of of the individual right that you are either trying to do what you can to move on to another level of 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 enlightenment or understanding like the buddhist is trying to climb to a place of extinguishing all desire so that you're not desiring anything else even family Mm -hmm. or any wants or things like that but that's all personal motivation and movement um that's how you get towards the salvation that is in that is in buddhism the islamic faith is is a is a works righteousness that it's that it's i need to love others around me i need to um, love a God. I need to do my daily activities and my duties, and that is how I get to salvation. The Christian understanding is that it is not by any works at all, but it is only by the works of Jesus Christ, Him coming and laying His life down, that I might have salvation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's important. Even Christians struggle with that understanding that it is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone that I am a son of God. And then because of the work of God in me, now I'm able to do some of those good works. Mm -hmm. But those are not a requirement for me to get into heaven. They are a requirement for those that are saved because I've been changed. I'm now someone who is new. And I need to work towards those things. But it has nothing to do with salvation in the first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. these other religions, they they claim that we've got to work really hard. Well, what's the standard? right? Mm-hmm. What is it to be as yeah, good as it? we can? Like I'm still never as I can work as hard as I can, but within my own right, I still am going to fall short mm-hmm. of whatever this standard is of God. How can I ever come close to a holy God? Um, and so that's something that's unique that we need to look at. And then the other thing, the last thing I would say is that um, what is like what we said, the destiny salvation. Well, the Christian understanding is very unique compared to the others. Most of the other religions is going to say that salvation is is trying to get out of the body or out of the world, right? Okay. That the body that we are given is not good or it's not even real in some of the religions. Yeah. And so to be saved is to be set free from this experience. And the salvation of Christianity is no, what was created is good and God's come to redeem it and save it and so jesus came in a body and jesus was Mm -hmm. resurrected in a body and Mm -hmm. god is going to come jesus is going to return and we're going to be restored in a body and we're not trying to get out of this world but this world is trying to be redeemed and set free and that is rational for me because why would god put us in this little ant farm that 
just sucks and we need to burn down. <laughs> right. Like, like how could he have messed that up so bad that, yeah. you know, like that's rational. It makes sense in, in a philosophical kind of mindset. Um, it, it's empirical as we look at Jesus's understanding, his claims and what he says to be and how he shows himself in the resurrection and experiential. It's something that I, I, I believe to know to be true in my own life mm-hmm. that, that my salvation is in that um, I have been brought into the salvation understanding now, and I look forward to when it's going to be complete later on as well. Yeah. Makes sense? Definitely. That's my presentation, bro. Good job. Let's check the time. Okay, we have time for a few questions okay. from the audience. Okay, go for audience. it. Um, so the alternate topic for this sermon series could have been Stump the Preacher. Yeah. I, I think I yeah. think if you're, you're really dang, you're, you're opening yourself up to a lot of, and, and, and I'm still looking forward to that week in a, yeah, live, a few weeks when Q&A. you're doing live Q&A, and mm-hmm. that's going to be great. I hope, I, I'm glad we're going to record that because I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. Um, but we, we all have friends who maybe aren't as devout believers or they believe in some other faith. Yeah. And don't necessarily believe in in Jesus uh, as Son of Man. Yeah. So what do what do I say as the listener mm-hmm. um, to someone who might challenge me and say, if I don't believe in Jesus, you know, do I go to heaven? Yeah. And, and tough question. That's a tough question, you know. Yeah. And and I'm, the short answer is, hope so you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. also no i mean yeah. what, what do you, so what do you what do you say to that so um there i have to be careful with this question not to lean on a place of arrogance or complete knowledge for sure right, right? like yeah. the the short answer is i don't know mm-hmm. like i don't know the complete answer to that um i get your argument and i get that question because i've had i'm sure yeah just incredible people that i've been close to of different faiths mm-hmm. um that it's hard to to live up to that what i do disagree with is is what they believe in their tenets of of moving towards salvation and yeah. how they get there and things like that but what i will say is that jesus claims are very very blunt to mm-hmm. the point we, we we went through those scriptures earlier yep. and so for that friend of mine that is another faith uh, hopefully they're a friend of mine and i have the opportunity to say uh, i just i implore you to to is like give this a chance mm-hmm. and, and and measure what i'm talking about look there's empirical evidence of jesus there's empirical evidence that that he was here that he died and that he was raised and I'm not asking you to just swallow that with a pill. Uh, and for some people that may work, but for some we need to, to really go on a journey. And so um, I just I would implore someone to look at that. But when Jesus says, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets mm-hmm. to the Father except through me, that gives me an urgency to share this good news that I think is truth and yeah. exclusive uh, to those lovingly around me. Now, here's the kicker. The Christian faith, what's unique about it is that it humbles me because what I know to be true is that I am no better than anyone else mm-hmm. around me. So in the sight of the God that I worship, I know that it is only because of Jesus's grace that I am able to be in the family. It's not because of anything I've done. So I don't look down on the person that is somewhere else in another belief. No, for sure. I also don't look down on them because I was I was brought up in the Christian faith and missed it for a good portion of my life. Yeah. And so I just implore them to do that now. Let me. I've kind of ducked around the question, <laughs> but let me just say that God's ways are are way bigger than my ways, right? And He's a merciful God, but He's also a just God. And I know I believe that when when it comes down to it, and I am in His presence for all time, 
and the answers are clear to me, then I'll understand them in that moment. Yeah. I don't know how God, what God's going to do. I don't believe that all roads simply lead uh, just as willy-nilly as that sounds mm-hmm. straight to heaven, the way that we're talking about. But I also have no idea how God is going to, um, how God approaches that and yeah. what he's going to do and what opportunities the people that have held to other um, beliefs and things like that are, are going to, um, what standard and how that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tough. It's a you, tough one. It is, you know, and, and you can, you can, while you're driving in traffic, you could just be thinking about all these different scenarios like, oh, well, maybe if this happens and if God does this through these other religions or yeah. something, who knows, you know, we, we, we're not going to solve this. For the practical conversation, for term, someone, right? for someone that's talking with a friend, you got to figure out, we've talked about this a little bit before, yeah. what, what's, where are they coming from, right? Yeah. Um, because if they are the analytical type and they want to talk about the historicity of, again, let me, let me just talk about the, um, the Islamic faith. Mm-hmm. If they want to talk about the historicity of Muhammad and the Quran and things like that, and they want to, they want to talk through those things, then, then I would recommend some resources. And, and even if you feel out of depth to have that conversation, yeah. that's the road they need to go on is to look at the empirical evidence of Jesus um, particularly that he died on the cross, but also the resurrection. And if that were to be true, then why is there a big difference between their Holy Scripture and our Holy mm-hmm. Scripture? And to be able to go that road, does, it, does that kind of make sense? For, yeah. for someone else, the conversation may be, um, if, if you believe that you can do all of these things and pray this many times a day, and that's how we achieve this righteousness, this good, mm-hmm. then I want to talk to you about how I believe that uh, there is no good, like apart from God's grace in my life, and yeah. so um, let me let's have a conversation about that. Like, because I actually don't believe I can achieve that apart from Jesus's grace and work in my life, His mm-hmm. salvation uh, work in my life, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe the the and I I, I know more about it, the Islamic faith, so maybe for them we're talking about the Holy Trinity. They believe that we're polytheists, right? That we, right. we believe uh-huh. the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and they think that we're worshiping three gods and they're monotheists, and mm-hmm. they, and like so that's the kind of place that we have to have a discussion on. And it's hard, man. I, but here's the key: we focus on the uniqueness of Christianity, and if we let that saturate in us and we're going to love the world in a crazy place because we're going to believe that God entered into our story and came for us. We're going to believe that Jesus truly laid his life down and died so that I could be brought into the family. Not that I earn my way in, Mm -hmm. but it is only from that place that brings humility and love and it helps me to love those of other faiths that are around me and be able to witness them in, in a cool place. It helps direct how I live. If I believe this world is good and this body is good and that God uh, desires to redeem it and all of those things change how I love and witness yeah. and, and share with other people. Cool. Cool. You need another one or, or, or you have, do you on. have another one? Uh, I'm torn with this one. Uh, I know that a lot of people really are concerned about their pets. And what's oh, gonna yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's almost like, okay, this is a silly question. But for, on the other hand, it's not a silly question. Yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, you're gonna get me in trouble here. I don't know. You might get me in more trouble with my answer to this question than the last one. Was long? You think so? Yeah. What's the short answer? Okay. To are there animals in heaven? Uh, short answer is yes. Sweet. Okay, we're done. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, animals are in the very beginning my, of creation. My cat. I don't know about your cat. Oh. Okay. See, that's where we start to get. I knew it. I knew I was gonna trip you up on that one. 
well, I know creation's good. God created, it was good. God created animals, it was good. Yeah, it's, God in, the, created, it's yeah. in the very first, yeah. near the very beginning of the book, right? Yeah, and, animals and, and if stuff? Revelation has the same, it, Revelation has creation uh, imagery in it. Yeah. So the same river and the tree of life and all those those images are there, but it's, an, it's a city now. And, mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's a return to Eden, a restoration. So I yeah, I, I absolutely believe that animals are going to be there. Now I don't know if your cat's going to be there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you said cat, and I don't. I, I, I have a bias that. towards cats. I know I've, I've heard you talk about cats before, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get you. You have a better argument if you say your your dog. My dog. Um, she's no. eating my cat food right now. So. If there's no cats, there's no cat food, and my dog's gonna be really yeah. upset if, if there's no cat food. So there. Jesus, Jesus died for all creation. Yeah, he died to restore all of creation. But I don't know if your dog gets a resurrected body, <laughs> right. And that personality is there, and that's a whole nother philosophical. That's that's kind of out of my league. So I would say yes to pets. I don't know about your pet, or yes to animals. I don't know about your pet. That's what you I mean. might be able to, to find a new pet. Y'all, I'm married to a vet tech. Does she know the answer to this? Uh, no, she does. That didn't. That didn't. Oh, okay. They don't. They don't cover <laughs> they don't that cover in vet that? school. But uh, oh, but this answer is really big for me, and I wish I had a better answer because I'm married to a vet. Type. Yeah, I could see where you could. This is be one of those kind of you get in trouble when you come home. Yeah, talk when, about it over when the families table. lose lose their animals. Yeah. if it was the right answer, she could be the hero in every one of those rooms. Well, just like that, but I can't give her that. We answer. have we have answered no questions here. Yeah, I'm sorry, I dodged. But we did really well, I think, uh, kind of giving people food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this coming week, uh, yes. we we wrestle, and I'm back preaching. I'm happy to be back. Good deal. Um, we'll, we're covering the story. Is the Bible true? So a lot of the evidence that I gave today, or a lot of wow. the argument, was directly towards our holy scriptures and mm-hmm. what we believe about the Bible. And so this next topic is very important for even this conversation that we just had. Is the Bible true? Can yeah. we trust it? What about all the translations and things like that? And so we'll, we'll wrestle with some of those things, and we'll continue that conversation in the 515 as well, and that'll be important. Well, we're going to have to get some really big brains to come talk, because uh, I don't know if I can get <laughs> Last get time I worked this hard was the Heaven and Hell series, so I'm working hard here, y'all. Well, good. I haven't even preached yet. I'm working hard. That's right. Yeah. You can't come in here on your day off. Yeah. All right, friends. Love y'all. Hey, thank you for all the prayers and support for, uh, for the new baby. Luke yeah. is doing great. My wife's getting better. Uh, each and every day. So I bring the baby next week. He can be on. Yeah, probably not yet. No, not yet. All right. I tried to. (laughs) Yeah. Take care. We'll see you later. All right. Later. Bye.